This is episode 106 of How to Human, Back After the Flu. Today I want to talk about accolades. In the past I've talked about what virtue signaling is, but I don't know if I've quite covered why people do it. And the answer is accolades. People are looking to feel connected to other people, and they do that by getting a sense of togetherness by other people telling them that they are valuable. It's this kind of connection that people get, because that's what connection usually is. It's other people saying, I like you, and I want to be around you, and people are seeking that affirmation that usually comes through friendship, but short of that, in this society where we are lacking connection on many different levels, which I'll discuss, in this technological mm, mini-society that we have, we can seek out and put out feelers for, please love me, please give me affirmations by saying things that we know other people will like. And these are accolades. So why is it that people seek these accolades? That's what I want to talk about today. A good place to start is why are people so lonely today? And there are lots of theories on this, and I have one. And I've talked in the past about how the primary want of emotion is to avoid pain. And what option is there that creates pain more than being vulnerable? I posit that people are less vulnerable than ever before. And there's so many parts of this, because what we're talking about in the end, the part I'll get to, is that people don't open themselves up to each other as much. And that leads to an emergent of not having as many friends or as close friendships. And the idea behind that is being vulnerable leads to potential pain. So why do it? To the extent that people are making decisions around that avoidance, they are down the line coming up with the eventuality that they'll have fewer friends and less close friendships. There's a Myers-Briggs concept called judgers and perceivers. And I've started thinking of this as look before you leap and leap before you look. And where judgers is look before you leap. Before you make a decision, make sure it's a good one. And then there's leap before you look, meaning I'm going to go ahead and try it. I'm not going to sure how it's going to turn out, but we'll see. And when we're a more cautious society, when we are more worried about how things will be perceived or we're more worried about our own pain, we're moving to a more look-before-you-leap society. And it makes us take fewer chances. And that's chances all around us, and it kind of leads to this perfectionism that I've talked about in the past. 
I made a podcast on perfectionism, which I thought was pretty good. I recommend going back and listening to that. But as we create this idea that mistakes are something to be avoided, and we should all be looking before we leap, then it puts us in fewer opportunities to find those little bits of magic that aren't predictable. And sometimes those little bits of magic are friends and connection and just the little bits of spice that make life worth living. Because not everything is predictable. People aren't predictable. And it's easy in this world to come to the low-hanging fruit of a predictable response predictable fun level of the technology that's in front of us that is a lesser version of human connection. And by that, I mean phones. I mean Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. These things that are, look, they have value for sure, and there is connection to them. And we don't always vet the kind of connection that we're doing. There's so much anger and sex and fear that comes on these things and we could filter our incoming data streams for something that would be positive most people don't i mean that's more complicated but the larger point is this is that we have the opportunity to live in this older way of seeking physical human companionship, which is scary because it puts us at risk. Or we could go with the tried and true and known, tried and true is a funny term for this, but in the modern environment, it is predictable what we'll get from our phones and social media. And what we get is those things that we know will give us a happiness level of, let's say, 6 out of 10. And as we avoid pain, because human behavior will give us, it can give us 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, it can give us 3 out of 10. And it's also much more hurtful when somebody's mean to our face. Somehow, being mean to us or seeing things that make us uncomfortable online hurt less. That's kind of true on the surface, but underneath they actually cut very deeply. It's a funny thing. I remember I have a friend who has a son who decided he was in love with somebody he'd never met who lived in Arizona, which is a... I mean... We think that that, that, on the surface, that sounds crazy, right? To somebody who's 42 years old like I am, that sounds crazy. This kid was 18. And on the surface, to me, it makes it sound like this is just a kid who's A, all wrapped up in his emotions, and B, too involved in a false technological existence that could make him think that something is real that isn't. And this isn't to say that it couldn't be, but this is actually common. People get wrapped up emotionally in things that they hear and think and they tell stories. This happens in real life too. 
I can meet somebody for two hours and then spend the next four days telling myself a story about everything that they thought and meant and how things will go next time. It's very common for us to tell stories. And the point is human connection is something that we crave and then our brains go into story mode. And that's perfectly okay. Except the depth that we experience is so much less in this online environment. And that is what it is and it's just the nature of it. But what I'm saying is what people really crave is that depth of connection and people are rarely getting it. So people are seeking some kind of depth and they find depth through what they think is accolades for people saying, I really like you. They're looking for someone to affirm their tribal existence among many other things that because we are tribal creatures we all want friends we die alone i don't remember dave messman you make so many references to things that you've heard or read and you don't remember them very well correct dear listener you're so correct i don't know if it was humans or monkeys but it was the difference between actual mothers, I think it was monkeys, and fake mothers, meaning robotic things that just provided the sustenance and not the physicalness of interaction. And the monkeys that got fake mothers, like just like a robot with a bottle, I guess, they showed signs of mental deterioration, and I believe they eventually got sick and died. Dave Messman, why don't you know the end of your story? I don't know. This is how I guess these things are going to go until I can future pace my stories and research them before I do them. But my larger point is people want to feel love and it's an essential part of being human. And we crave that and we go about trying to get it through virtue signaling so we can get accolades because we're lonely. And why are we lonely? We're lonely because it is scary to put ourselves out there and we live in a world where we're more scared than ever because we're scared of making mistakes. We're scared of making mistakes because we are, because among other things, making mistakes hurts people and we've learned to want to avoid them. We're a society where we all want to look before we leap and also we're in a society where we want to avoid pain avoid pain in ourselves and avoid pain in others and that is what creates the environment where mistake making is frowned upon and it's this emergent that we wouldn't even think of that making ourselves vulnerable vulnerable to make friends is dangerous 
from our own psyche in terms of it's risky. It's risky to be vulnerable. And if we are risk averse, that makes us less likely to make friends and seek out awkward situations that are a necessary part of every friendship creation that ever existed. And I'm more talking about adults than children. Children are generally more, generally less risk averse than adults. People generally get conservative as they get older, though even as we see it, children are lonelier than ever as well. And that's isolation A from technology, but B, they are also more risk averse than they used to be. So as a group, children are less risk averse, but as a group of children that exists compared to 50 years ago, they are more risk averse than today's children, more risk averse than old children, older children children for 50 years ago. So my point here is that people seek connection via affirmations from their tribe because they're lonely. And they're lonely because we've created a society that is more risk averse. And it's sad. And how do we turn that around? I mean, that's, that's the bigger question. How do we rid society of this perfectionism and desire to not have people make mistakes? That's a tough one. And I think it starts with forgiveness is probably where it starts. We're so eager to jump on everybody. And that's part of the problem. It's this cycle where part of the virtue signaling is jumping on people who make mistakes, which makes society more perfectionistic, which makes people more afraid to make mistakes, which makes people less likely to be vulnerable, which makes people less likely to make other friendships. Therefore, they seek friendships or they seek accolades by saying mean things about other people. And it's this cycle, what we need is a McCarthyism moment, have you no shame, sir, where someone will stand up to the perfectionist bullies. I don't know what that looks like. I guess eventually that's what I'm going to have to do. And I don't know what that looks like. I guess, what, you know what, I do know what it looks like. What it looks like is people hating me, and but eventually enough people listening. And some kind of group that gets together that stops listening to those who are ready to cast shame on others. And hmm, that's the future. But for now, I'm going to wrap up this podcast with some housekeeping. I now have a place for comments and death threats, because I will be getting both. How to human CDT comments death threats at gmail.com. And 
please send me your comments. Please send me your death threats. Please make them original. And I'm interested in hearing what you say. What, what would you like me to cover? What have I missed? How are you experiencing this? And I will use that to calibrate for future podcasts. And for now, that's the end of this episode of How to Human.